Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 5th is Matthew chapter 23 and Luke chapters 20 and 21. In Matthew 23, Jesus is pronouncing judgment against the religious elite who are a bunch of hypocrites. Certainly with exceptions, there are good leaders in there. There are people who genuinely want to know the truth, but by and large, they are a bunch of hypocrites. And Jesus warns his disciples and those who are following him, the scribes and Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. They are in a position of authority. Therefore, listen to what they say and even do what they say, but don't do what they do. And here's why. They do everything, in verse 5, to be seen by others. They are in a spiritual place of authority, but they are very earthly-minded. They claim to represent God and point people to Him, but their words are hollow. It's mere talk. Jesus says to His disciples, you are not to be called rabbi or teacher. You're not to have people look on you with positions of authority. You're not to do it in order to level up and consider yourself as better than the people around you. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, even when you have greater revelation or greater understanding than the people around you. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So make sure that you are humbling yourself, not just before God, but before other people. In 23.13, Jesus begins proclaiming woes to the scribes and the Pharisees and calls them hypocrites. That word woe is an interjection that has an accusatory connotation to it. In other words, Woe to you because you're doing something wrong, and this is a warning. If you don't stop, you're going to get what you deserve. And Jesus proclaims to the scribes and the Pharisees Woe to you, clergy. Woe to you, Bible scholars. Woe to you, seminary professors. Woe to you, senior pastors. You hypocrites. You shut the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. The door was open for people to step into the kingdom of heaven, and you shut the door in their faces. And then they're offended. And that's no way to enter the kingdom of heaven. These people, they don't go in, but they also prevent others from going in to the kingdom of heaven. So they're bringing judgment on themselves because of the way that they're harming other people. That word hypocrite is like, two-faced. The same word was used to describe actors, somebody wearing a mask. You look one way on the outside, but inside you're completely different. There's this schism between the words you profess and the actions you practice. We as Christians need to be very careful that we are not acting hypocritically, that we're not saying one thing and doing something else. Woe to you when you Search high and low for somebody to convert. You're out there sharing your faith, trying to get somebody to become like you. And in the end, when you find them, you make them twice as bad as you are. 
if you are not growing in righteousness and faith and communion with God, if you don't know God better today than you did a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you have no business trying to convince somebody else to accept the same faith that is doing nothing for you. That's what Jesus was saying, and the same is true for us today. Are you still struggling with hidden sin? Why are you out there trying to convert somebody to be like you? Woe to you, blind guides who say, whoever takes an oath by the temple, it means nothing. But if you swear by the gold in the temple, that's an entirely different story. In other words, the gold is worth much more than the temple itself. The sacrifice on the altar is worth much more than the altar itself. Jesus is saying you focus more on material wealth, the way things look, how valuable they are according to this world, and you don't know the heart of God. In verse 23, woe to you, Pharisees and scribes, you hypocrites. You pay tithe, but it is much more important for you to practice justice and mercy and faith. It's really easy to tithe, to give 10% of the spices you receive, but to sacrifice your comfort by doing what's right, by exercising mercy and being like God in heaven and trusting him with your faith. And if you're going to drink water out of a cup, is it more important that the outside is clean or the inside? You guys are like whitewashed tombs, tombs painted white. They look nice on the outside, but they're full of dead men's bones on the inside. That's what you are, you hypocrites. You go to church in your Sunday best, but your character is lacking. You don't love people. You don't take care of people. You're more concerned about sitting in the front row at church and looking nice. You say about the prophets in the Old Testament, if we had been there, we would have trusted the prophets. We wouldn't have killed the prophets the way those Jews of old did. Many Christians today say, if I was alive during the time of Jesus, I would never have been shouting, crucify him. But when somebody comes into your church preaching about repentance, you walk out the door. Jesus said, you testify against yourselves. Harsh words, harsh truth. He's trying to get through to these people. Luke 20 shares a lot of the same stories that we've already read in the other Gospels. There are minor differences, but for the sake of time, we'll move down to Luke 21, the widow's gift. This little old lady who has barely anything at all, two small coins, a couple pennies, gives all that she has into the temple treasury. All these rich people are giving out of their wealth and abundance. Jesus said she has given more than all the rest combined because she gave everything she had to live on. But they were just giving out of their abundance. It wasn't really a sacrifice for them. And then beginning in 21.5, Jesus begins talking about the destruction of the temple. As the people are walking around, look at these beautiful buildings. Look how wonderful all of this is. Jesus says, the days will come when not one stone will be left on another. And it was only about 40 years later when that prophecy was fulfilled. The temple was completely and utterly destroyed to the extent that not one stone was left upon another. Jesus said many people would come in his name saying that they were him. 
He said, don't be deceived. Don't follow them. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be violent earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. Christians will be persecuted before all these things, he says. Before nation rising against nation, before kingdom against kingdom, before the earthquakes in various places, before all of that, they will lay their hands on you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. Imagine the stress of going to trial before a king, for a governor. Wouldn't there be a temptation to prepare your argument, to prepare your defense? Wouldn't you want to practice your defense? After all, Jesus says in verse 13, this will give you an opportunity to bear witness. Imagine being on national live television, testifying before Congress in the United States of America, why you believe and why you shared the things you shared, why you did the things you did. Wouldn't you want to practice that speech beforehand? But Jesus says, determine in your hearts not to prepare your defense ahead of time. Why? Because it's not going to be by human logic. He said, for I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. It's by his power. It's by his word. It's by abiding in him that we would have the words that he wants us to share so we could confound our enemies the same way he did. And then they dared not ask him any more questions because his wisdom was too great. Wouldn't it be wonderful for Jesus to speak through us that way to confound our enemies? You will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will kill some of you. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, gain your life. Verse 20, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that the desolation has come near. Jerusalem has been surrounded by armies multiple times over the last 2,000 years. Certainly it happened in the year 70 to 72 AD when the temple was destroyed. In some ways it's happening now. In November of 2023, Jerusalem is surrounded by enemies. Is biblical prophecy unfolding before our eyes? Well, yes. And in some ways, it's already happened. Does that mean Jesus is coming tomorrow? I I don't think so. It says that he's coming for a spotless bride without wrinkle, without blemish. Friends, we're not that spotless bride yet. We have work to do. Some of you are wondering, is this talking about the tribulation? Well, we haven't even gotten to his return yet, and it's already saying that some of you will die. It's saying that you'll be brought before kings and governors to give an account for your faith. It's saying that you'll be persecuted. You'll be hated by all nations. So for those going through all of these struggles and facing all of these persecutions over the last 2,000 years, for the Christians in Somalia and in China and in other places in the world that have been martyred for their faith, even the original 11 of the 12 disciples who gave their lives because of the truth, did they not undergo persecution or tribulation? Only God knows when that time will be fulfilled. And then there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. There will be anguish 
on the earth among the nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves, people will faint from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world, because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Verse 22, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. The question presents itself, well, what are we supposed to do? Jesus says in verse 34, be on your guard so that your minds are not dulled from carousing or drunkenness. So you're not hung over and worries of life or that day will come on you unexpectedly. Friends, if you are so busy about enjoying this life, of having a good time, of fitting in, of relaxing on the weekend with some drinks because you deserve it, and you're more focused on getting ahead at work or at school, and you're not communing with the God of the universe, that day will take you by surprise. We have to be people who listen to that check in our spirit when we feel like I shouldn't be doing this right now, we need to immediately succumb to that check. It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We must listen and obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he begins speaking to us and convicting us and leading us and guiding us and giving us wisdom. Be alert at all times. In verse 36, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus was teaching in the temple all day and then going out to be by himself at night, getting filled up from the Father and then pouring it out to the people the next day. We should follow that example. We should be alone with him, hearing his voice, getting filled up, and then sharing what he's putting on our hearts and in our minds. And that's how the kingdom will advance. And that's how we will be made holy without spot, without blemish, or any such thing, so as to prepare ourselves for his return. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. And for those of you who are interested, I am a real estate salesperson here in Florida with Call It Closed International Realty. I am listing homes in Southwest Florida. I have a network of agents throughout the United States. If any of you are looking for a realtor to help you buy or sell property, I would love the opportunity to help you myself or to put you in touch with one of my colleagues. We're also looking for real estate brokers to join our growing team, looking to go nationwide and then worldwide. Thank you for your consideration. You can find me at agentdaviddoty.com.